This is Limit Up, a trading podcast presented by the performance coaches at Top Step. We discuss futures, forex, stocks, options, history, trading psychology. Basically, if you can trade it, we'll try our best to make sense of it. Now, on to the show. Hello, traders all. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I leave that in. Hello, traders of all shapes and sizes is what I wanted to say. <laughs> Welcome to the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step. I'm Jack Pelzer, joined as usual by Dan Hodgman. Dan, on this lovely, warm Chicago morning, how are you doing? I presume it's okay in Wisconsin as well. Not as nice as yesterday, but they're calling for 65 degrees here today, and uh, I can't complain. I was laughing yesterday. It was 64 degrees. I drove through town, and uh, there were cars out on the ice. So just quite the, pheno- <laughs> ph- uh, the phenom there. Yeah, you got to uh, measure that stuff. It doesn't take a lot of ice to hold up a lot of weight, but uh, you definitely want to err on the side of caution is what I think most people would recommend. Yeah, they have uh, numbers that they want to see. So for like a snowmobile or a side-by-side or four-wheeler, you want six inches. And then every inch after that, it based off of, I think it's called Hook's Law. Someone's going to tell me I'm probably wrong, but Hook's Law is like weight dispersion and the pressure it takes to bust through something. So if you get 12 inches ice, which we definitely do, we still have like 16 to 18 inches. It's pretty safe to have some big vehicles or some heavy weight out there. Yeah, so there's some there's some tidbit facts not about trading that I know. Well, I was just gonna say our longtime listeners know this is this is the only show that is about both trading and winter sports involving motors. So yeah. we talk sometimes about those mostly because I'm interested and I haven't really done it yet. But today I am super interested in the topic we're talking about because we're talking about social trading. All right. If you have not been under a rock since 2005 or seen the social network movie, perhaps you know these things called social networks and social media have become quite important. In fact, uh, many of the biggest corporations in the NASDAQ or the world are using social media to sell your advertising rights. But that's not what we're talking about today. We are I was talking say, about. I do have a side note on that, though. Please. I used to work with a guy who was in school with Mark Zuckerberg at Harvard when he launched the original Facebook. I think it was called like Face Match or something like that. Yeah, first it was hot, like hot or not, right? Or Hot or not. And so I knew a guy that was at Harvard when it was all going down and all the drama that was uh, revolved around it. I used to work with him. Neat. Good friends with him. I've been friends with him since I was a little kid. Nice. Did, what, what was he rated? Is he a good looking guy? <laughs> I thought it was just girls. Yeah, you're right. Well, just another problematic thing from Mark Zuckerberg. Lord knows he would never do something like that. Right. So first, I I just want to give a shout out to all. We had an incredible month at Top Step. In February, our traders took out over $360,000 in withdrawals. So if you got some of that, good for you. If not, keep on working. We're also coming up on Market Mania, which is my maybe favorite part of the Top Step calendar because I make a little bracket of all the different financial products, futures, uh, Bitcoins joining this year. And people get a chance to fill out the brackets and uh, we compete day to day. And whoever wins, we got some prizes this year. Uh, We're giving out free trading combines along with Amazon gift cards. 
The final values are still in flux, but I'm going to try and milk everything I can out of the budget. So get ready for that. Also, part of the reason we're doing this is that we just recently started a Top Step Discord channel, which, Dan, we'll talk about this in depth a little more at the end of the interview, but uh, it's picking up nicely from what I hear. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of people joining. I'm having a blast in there. Good conversations. I think the cool part, just in general about it, and like we said, we'll get into it a little bit more, but you know, there's conversation about why people are doing what they're doing. And I think that's so important when it comes to any sort of social style of trading, whether it was in the pits and you're talking to your buddy that you stood next to, to being in the office, to figuring out what the team's doing, down to uh, now these new ways of using the internet to uh, chat with people. It's a great way and as long as it's used properly, it's a great way to share ideas, to see what other people are doing, to help influence, I don't want to say influence, to help educate and learn more ways to look at these markets. So I think on a past episode or many episodes we've discussed is the biggest disadvantage of being a retail trader today is the way that technology through algorithms and computerized trading, machine learning, data scrapers has made it harder to find an edge. It, trading used to be a pretty blunt instrument where it was sort of just, you know, reduced to its lowest, buy something, sell it higher, be a market maker, you know, bully people in the pit. It was all good. That's the disadvantage. The advantage is it's not the information and teachings of how to learn to trade are open to everyone. So there is just an entire universe of resources that are free or paid, but there is plenty out there so that anybody can learn to trade without having to have your drunk uncle who works at the CBOT have you running to get him uh, Alpine subs for a couple years. Anyone can go online and figure out uh, how to do this. And with practice, you can become pretty good at it. You can't promise you're going to be a badass trader. That's just, there's the genese qua that just... Some people are just better than others, but the information is there. And one of the best mediums for it are all these social media sites that have trading type groups. So, Dan, I thought we could talk about because it's been in the news so much just to start is sort of the options available on Reddit. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. OK, well, the 800 pound gorilla in the room. Uh, well, let me start by saying that Reddit can be seen as a microcosm of all the social trading opportunities out there in that when it comes to quantity versus quality, there's a lot more quantity than quality, right? So the biggest, I guess you could call it trading group on Reddit with 9.5 million members or degenerates as they call themselves is, Dan, you probably know. Oh yeah, good old Wall Street bets. Led by their god king, Keith Roaring Kitty Gill, who's back up. I think GameStop was at $240. $288. Right now it's $288. You know, it's funny too, looking at GameStop. I've said this in the past. I bounce a lot of ideas back and forth with my with my old man. We do a lot of things at this, to kind of together. And when GameStop came down to 42 he always said to me, he goes, any stock that comes has a move and comes right back to that original price, just buy it. And GameStop came down to 40 and we both looked at it and we were like, gosh, this is 
I don't know if this is worth getting in. I think maybe, you know, with everything happening, it's going to get dumped and they're going to move into something else to try and short squeeze something else. And here we are back up to 300, just shy of $300 a share. Unbelievable. I took an an absolute cowardly trade on that and um, sold some uh, 30 puts. (laughs) So, so, you know, just just keep in mind, everyone, on that move uh, from... 40 to 288 i made like you know five bucks a share or something it was pretty good um but wall street bets is i would call more an entertainment or lifestyle site than actual trading advice there's not a lot of it's basically if you're not familiar with sort of the the in language if you were just someone dropped on earth to see wall street bets you would be like this is friggin' insane. I, I think it's a great entry point to trading in general and getting involved in the markets. You know, nine and a half million people in a room talking about similar stuff. There's good. There's good. Inf- there's always going to be good information. There's going to be bad information too, no doubt about it. But historically, this industry demographics tend to be a little bit older, and this introduction of social trading, this introduction of Wall Street bets and Reddit opens it up to a much younger crowd. And I really think we saw in this last year a huge transition when we, you know, we lost sports betting. You saw, you know, Barstool Sports getting in, getting in on the, the trading world. I think, you know, this opens up to so many younger people, which that's what this industry is going to continue to have to grow into. You know, we're young, we're, we're part of that millennial crowd, but now you've got, I think the younger one is what Gen Z is the new one. Mm-hmm. I think the Zoomers. The Zoomers are getting into this stuff now, and I it, it creates that itch, and it's going to allow people to expand a little bit more into that retail stuff, um, and possibly make careers out of it. Yeah, does it drive you crazy as well, Dan? Is I think that uh, older older people still use millennial as a catch-all for anyone who's young and nowadays i hear people say millennial doesn't mean anything millennials are old man i'm i I just turned 34 and i'm like right in the middle of millennials i mean like i'm 31 going on 32 right now and i don't think i'm like i see these things like i love tiktok i think tiktok's hilarious and you'll scroll through it and there's like people in there that are you know, let's let's find those late nineties, early two thousands babies. And like you cannot characterize me with that same person. I think I'm a whole different generation. I, I didn't grow up with a cell phone. We played outside until either you heard dad's whistle or the street lights came on. It wasn't what we have today. I didn't have video games. I mean they were they were there. There was an N sixty four I could have had, but my parents didn't let us use it. We had to be outside. It was a whole different world. Well, as, as we get eventually to Facebook, I'll run through the Reddit stuff quick, but it is a huge dividing line is I never had access to Facebook or any of that stuff when I was in high school. Um, my freshman year of college was when there was still like 15 colleges. This was in 2005. There was just like 15 colleges that had Facebook and that was it. And then every couple weeks, it would be a big thing that like, oh, U of I got Facebook now and stuff. What I'm trying to say is that I'm old, but you should still listen to what I'm saying about social media. Well, like when I got a Facebook, I got it freshman year in college, same thing. And you had to get like, 
you had to get approved by someone that was at that school to say, yeah, this is a, this is a student that can have access to this. It wasn't open to everyone. And I got it strictly because I was going to school and it was a way to just try and meet some people that I was going to go to school with. Yeah. Well, as these things have warped into way beyond it and you have the roaring kitty talking in front of Congress, I think one thing to be aware of, I, I like what is going on on Wall Street Bets as far as I do like I find what's been going on with GameStop fascinating. What I do wish, though, and you should always keep in mind, is that sometimes in trading need to be protected from your worst impulses. And I think that's what the most important part of having a community is. But it kind of defeats the purpose if the community is going to pat you on the back for doing real stupid shit. Like, I think it's fine to, if you understand what the risk reward profile is a trade we're all big boys and girls do whatever you want but what i see that concerns me a little bit on wall street bets sometimes is just like and not everyone does it but sort of telling people that it's okay it's no big deal like you just took all your college money and put it on a out of the money weekly option on some electric car company that is just a drawing that shouldn't be applauded necessarily. That's not exactly sound <laughs> risk management there. And that's some of the tough stuff with all this access to communities that we talk to or that you have access to, whether it's a Facebook group, whether it's a Reddit group, whether it's a Discord, whether it's you know a Skype group that you're in or a trade room that you're in. Everyone, and this is my big thing, is everyone has a different appetite for risk. Mm -hmm. I used an example yesterday during coach on Tuesday during Coach's Playbook that a couple weeks ago, Michael, our founder Michael and I were both looking at the same level. One of us was long, one of us was short. We both walked away profitable on the trade just because we both had a different risk plan to execute that trade on. And there is that benefit or that concern to me when it comes to any sort of this is like, well, okay, if you're going to talk about getting into something, if you're going to buy or sell something, why are you going to do it? Give me some reasoning, kind of frame it out so that I understand what you're looking at to see, hey, does it work for me or does it not? So if I'm going to talk about a trade that I'm taking, a lot of it's going to say, hey, here's what I've got going on. This is what I'm looking at. And if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, hey, look for that next chance or Maybe eventually you can implement what I'm looking at and vice versa. Yeah. And that reason is generally not allowed to be maybe if you're doing hedges or something, but not existential. Everyone is lying and only I know the truth because that's not really provable or, you know, certain people who I don't want to call any particular investors out or stuff like that, but hardcore you can't be a zealot on these things. You can, I guess, and do it long term. Fine. Once again, make your own decisions. Just no hair off my back. But at least acknowledge if you're engaging in zealotry, right? I mean, right. I saw, especially during that crash, like granted, like the GameStop stuff has come back. But during the crash, as you know, all the places that try and gauge short interest are, so are showing the, uh, the short as a percent of float, like evaporate. And then it just became like, they're lying. Don't worry. It's like, okay, but what if they're not, you know? I right. Like the GameStop thing's a great subject 
so many young people that don't really have a ton of background and understanding in risk management, money management, things of that nature, they were in it. And if they're in it at 40, 50, 60 bucks and it runs as high as it did, there's that question of, or there was that common theme of as it was tanking, I'm staying in it, I'm holding on to it. Well, the market's moving in a direction. You got to accept that. If it gets back to where you got in and slows back up, the characteristics of a market moving in a direction. If you're holding on to something, it's not going to hold price up. If there are more sellers and there are buyers, it's going to move that auction process lower. And if you can get in with the larger crowd, which we saw the larger crowd that moved it up. Now we saw, then you saw the larger crowd moving it back down. If you can get in with that large crowd, move it back down, go ahead, take in some money there, make some profits, take that money. And then when it gets back to a point where it levels out and it holds back up, then you can say, hey, buyers have caught this market. We've created a little bit of a a shelf here. Now let's get back in this thing and we can run that price back higher. And it's an understanding of just the market mechanics and how these markets and price moves and what influences these prices. If you're just going to sit and hold, well, it can run all the way to zero. No one really cares what you're holding on to. It's a matter of how the market is going to move and how you can take advantage of that move. Yeah. Um, and we can talk more about those dynamics another time. Basically, you you need people to keep on buying it at 288. And really, the only people that I would think of right now are mostly options hedgers and people that are just going to town. But uh, there's other, if you're interested, there, there's other big groups, uh, financial market, subreddits, um, investing, which obviously we've talked about investing is much different than trading. But if you're into stocks, there tends to be, they have about 1.8 million members when I checked. There's slightly more in-depth anal- analysis if you're looking to pick stocks a little bit generally, I'd say more thorough due diligence. Um, the options group has 740k members. From what I've read around there, it tends to be more technical because that's just options people are nerds. It's just the way it yep. is. Uh, nerds are degenerates. Um, you want to know what you're doing there. The futures group is very small, uh, just 15k members. So that's not really built up. So maybe Reddit's not the best place to look around for futures trading stuff. There is just a general trading group too that's got 60,000 members um, are trading that uh, also has its own Discord. So that might be something willing to check out. So since we spent some time on Reddit, uh, is might as well move to some of the big dog platforms, so to speak. Not that Reddit's not huge, but uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram also have a ton of ways to interact with the trading community. And if you trade at all, maybe the way you started now uh, would be looking at trading rooms on YouTube are incredibly popular. They are. I'm generally impressed with people that will trade live on YouTube. So obviously, you know, we have our market forecast and recap and all our YouTube stuff we do here. So if you're not a member, go over there, join us, subscribe, turn on those alerts, make sure you like everything that we do because everything we do is obviously phenomenal. Um, But there are a lot of options in there. Normally, I am not one to say, hey, go check something out. But there is a trades by Matt. We had Matt on the podcast a few months back. He's got a rather large group. I think he's got 20, 25,000 subscribers. He's got a great program. I like his mentality. I like what he's doing with his trading. Um, He's not just trading to trade. 
You know, he's not getting paid to just sit there and execute buttons all day to show a trade. He's he's showing his real personal trading. And I think those are the types of things that you want to find. You know, people are doing these trades. Why are they doing them? They're explaining them. And they're trading in their own accounts and not just some, you know, random SIM account that they can take losses on. And it's not a big deal. And that's the thing to take away is if you find a trading room that you like, is really focus on the why and the thought process less than just trying to follow along trading. You're never going to find success just following what someone else does. And if you ever hear of someone giving you some sort of, I don't know, like 10 exact steps to follow for like perfect trading, run for the hills because that's just not how things work. It's not. Not at all. Everyone's so different. It all goes back to me. Different appetite for risk. You know, someone that is taking trades and they're showing them to you live. Good on them. I'm not real keen on showing all my stuff live. I'll talk about what I do um, and why I took trades. And I have no problem talking about that stuff. But if I'm trading live, there's a lot of pressure involved in that. You know, you want constantly good feedback. You want to be helping people out. And if you're having a bad week or, you know, a bad few trades, it's it's tough to sit there and still try and keep the, you know, keep people engaged in what you're doing. Well, for some people, it helps them stay accountable, right? If you're trading for alone, sure. having a bunch of people chirping at you in the YouTube comments can be a moderating force. So among the other two, Facebook, obviously, there's a lot of great communities. We have a private top step community that's rather active. And what's nice is that that's somewhat moderated, like unmoderated Facebook groups become a lot of people trying to get you to send them fractions of bitcoins for double that fraction back which seems like a great deal right yeah sign me up if that's real yeah oh my god there was one they posted the other day that was someone with like the top step handle that was like you know greetings and salutations dear sir <laughs> in honor yeah. of great success of top step we shall give you one bitcoin if you give us it's just oh my god that wasn't us by the way not us. Not us. Um, I would beware generally on something I've been kind of brought into the fold on through my my brother who has, he's a high school teacher and has high school students, is that there's a lot of, shall we say, questionable FX advertising on Instagram. They kind of go out and try and find micro-influencers and then be like, hey, I made X amount of money trading Forex and you should too. Nothing if against going to try Instagram, and trade Yeah. They're on Instagram and they're posting pictures of them leaning up against a Lamborghini with a stack of cash and some Rolexes. I'm going to just sit here and tell you, ignore them. I have them add me all the time on Instagram. And like, I, I don't accept them. I, I go look at their pages and I think to myself, I go, what are you, what are you trying to sell me here? This makes no sense. Like, yeah, I love the idea of having a Lamborghini and stacks of cash and a bunch of watches and Rolexes, but that's not realistic. Instagram is a is a lifestyle page. It's not a page where you're going to find quality too often. I, I'm not saying it's not out there, but I would definitely say probably not a place you're going to find some high quality trading content that's going to help you be successful. No, sir, E-Bob, as my grandpa would say. Dan, was it the end of the Firefest documentary where they were talking about that company who... I think it was in Russia whose business was booming because they basically had like a tarmac decommissioned private jet and influencers paid to have their 
photos taken on the private jet. I don't think it was. Um, I don't know if it was the fire. I don't know. I watched one of them. I could. I think it was. It might have been the other the, one. The Netflix one. Maybe it was the Hulu one. I don't know which one I ended up watching. But there is. Yeah, you can go out there. You can take pictures. I heard a great story from someone uh, a while back. I wish I could remember who told me the story. They were down in Miami, and there was a guy leaning up on a Lamborghini with a, doing a photo shoot. And the person that I was talking to was like, oh, sweet car. Do you have like a car company that you're doing cool photos for? And the guy goes, no, I'm taking pictures for my dating profile. And like, that's what I envision when I see these Instagram influencers posting pictures on cars. It's like, oh, they just went out, you know, paid 500 bucks to rent the car for an hour to take some pictures and then gave the car right back. I got to get in on that. I got to, Dan, we should try and buy a Lamborghini. Interest rates are low. And then I'm just down. rent it out, but like specifically so people can't drive it. Keep the mileage low for the resale. See, that's how you make money. There's companies out there now. I'm getting hit for targeted ads on Instagram and stuff where you can buy a fractional share of a car to invest in the car. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. So uh, as, as long as we're kind of talking what can become a bit of a trading cesspool, I'd be remiss not to mention stock twits. Uh, <laughs> stock twits. Oh my God. I don't think I've ever actually looked at stock twits. I didn't hear about it until I came to Top Step. I've heard about Wall Street bets. I've heard about everything else. But stock twits, never heard of that one. I didn't it's, know anyone that used it. It's specifically tw like a Twitter type thing for the financial markets. I can tell you what I think it's become. And let's say that this is just all my opinion. I think at one time there might have been. You know, when I was when I was a trader, the things that I would have open all the time, I'd have my charts, but I would always have Twitter open and following a number of accounts that would have breaking news type stuff or certain big trading influencers and stuff like that. But the big one was so, you know, on Twitter, sometimes you can see, depending on what's trending almost quicker than the news organizations get it, if something bad happens, right? You'll just start hearing rumors of it. You might reduce your position. Now, there's so many data scraping algorithms that are trying to do sentiment analysis on Twitter and stock twits that stock twits has just become like a, a cheering and section for different stocks back and forth. But I think it's just people back and forth trying to game either they're trying to pump or they're trying to game data scraping algorithms. Uh, mm -hmm. There's not a lot of good content there. What I would say as a substitute is I actually, and full disclosure, I subscribe to it. It's not super expensive. It's a trading view. Um, I've noticed that in there, so people are allowed to make their own post on that, sort of like blog posts. And some of the stuff that gets upvoted more there is some decent due diligence. But once again, take everything you read from something like that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I, I think uh, trading view is a great platform. I like what they have. I also, uh, I don't personally use it that often, but I do get in there every so often. I think it's a great place. It, it's, a, it's a social media platform for strictly what we're talking about here. And just like everything, you know, everyone has a little bit different appetite for risk. That'll be my broken record saying over here when it comes to all of this stuff. You just want to keep that stuff in mind. Every time you go in to read to something from someone, you know, even from, you know, the Paul Tudor Jones, if he's telling you to buy S&Ps at 
3,900, well, why, why? And what's, what's he seeing at 3,900 that, you know, what's his mentality going to be? He's not keeping a five point stop and looking for 15 point profit targets, right? Well, it just means he just bought a whole bunch of S&Ps mm-hmm. at either 3,800 exactly. or 3,950 or something. That's why, like, whenever I watch, like, news and one of the talking heads basically says, hey, I'm real heavy into this stock. It's like, okay, so you just bought that stock. You're holding on to it. And now you're trying to convince uh, viewers to go buy that stock, too, to help you pick up a couple cents. Yeah, it's not quite, uh, I guess, social media, but CNBC, um, that's that's what you usually have on. But I'm sure they do it on Bloomberg and Fox Business, too. It's It's almost a little bit seedy the way that they will just without challenging let hedge fund tycoons come on and pump or put a bear spin on whatever they want yeah. without disc- like I, I mean sometimes maybe they do i haven't i don't watch a lot of cnbc these days but they'll, they should have know, to disclose their positions prodding, and stuff they'll hit some prodding questions you know but ultimately if someone like that is talking about what they just bought they're hoping other people jump on it too. They want that, but it's goes back to those market mechanics. It's more buyers come in than sellers. It's going to move the price higher. And if they can influence enough people to buy the stock that they just bought, it's going to possibly move the market in the direction that they want. And they have a lot of size on that they can pick up a dollar or two and be great profits. Yeah, it's, it's jawboning, right? And it's the way that... There's a certain self-fulfilling prophecy of just the, the mega, the highest uh, level of institutional investors and stuff, which you're talking about Gunlock or, or Warren Buffett and stuff like that. Part of the reason that they can have so much success is because whatever they do, people are going to jump on. Mm-hmm. So once again, just look at the order flow. But uh, as long as we're finishing up to kind of where I'm kind of excited because I wanted to talk about discord next because we've seen a lot of if you work in an office maybe you're familiar with slack from what i've seen so far discord is pretty much the same thing as slack but just for not as optimized for a corporate setting and actually i'm kind of really interested in how that will play out so it's basically a very organized message board where you have different channels and conversations usually siloed under a general topic for the whole thing so dan now we can dive a little bit further into what we're attempting to do with the uh yeah, top step discord. um well first off it was just common feedback a lot of people asking for it you know one of the things that i have seen over the years is uh, a lot of people saying that they don't want to join our facebook community because they don't want facebook and i understand that there's targeting there's ads, there's data mining from it, um, where Discord really isn't that way. You know, you join our group, it's follow our rules. We're not, you're not giving us much more than a, you know, a username. And um, right now we have just a couple rooms. We've got a equities room, we've got an energies room and just general futures room. Um, we're going to hopefully continue to grow, um, but we're taking it slow. And uh, really the big thing that we're pushing for is, open conversation about what you're seeing in the markets. Um, no, no, hey, buy here, sell here type stuff. As you know, we're kind of pretty, pretty big advocates against that concept. So, you know, a lot of it is what they're seeing, a lot of chart sharing. Um, here are my levels and why I like these levels. 
Um, hey, here's a trade I took and this is why I took it. And I put my stop here and target there. Um, I'm learning a lot and it's only been a few days. I'm learning a lot in there. I'm having a great time. It's a nice way for me to be able to sit down and chat with users and with people within our program that I normally wouldn't have other than, you know, hopping on a phone call with them or the 20 minutes on the forecast or the recap. So I think it's really cool too, because you have access to me, Jack, JD, Hogue, our owner, Michael Patak's in there, and he's chatting with people all day long. And uh, so you got, I think it's a great, you know, way to access us, share your ideas, and um, we're really open to everything that people kind of come in with. I think what's nice too is we went back and forth on whether we would start a top step discord just because if we're going to put a name behind something, we want it to some extent moderated because, you know, it's a rule of the internet. If you just let something um, go, everyone will be calling each other Nazis within, <laughs> within like a half an hour. So right. um, it, it takes a little bit of work to do that. But I think the benefit is that a lot of the people that are familiar with Top Separate Program are kind of in the same situation where they tend to be futures day traders. And it's good to be able to kind of bounce things and talk to people who are kind of doing the same thing, trading the same project that you product, not project that you are. And uh, yeah, we're hoping that kind of takes off, but I'm definitely excited about it. Absolutely. Um, it is a public group. So anyone listening, if you just go into Discord and search Top Step, it should come right up. That one is us. And um, it's a great little room and, uh, you know, hope to see more people join. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of that. Uh, we probably should hop off pretty soon and start, what do you call it, discording? Discording, yeah. Discording. Um, so thanks so much for listening today. It's the weekend almost because it's Thursday afternoon. Uh, start getting out there. Enjoy the outdoors. Have a great weekend. Namaste and trade well. Limit Up is presented by Top Step and produced by Dante32. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.